everybody and welcome. This is the Mazao Talks podcast, which is a platform for both knowledge sharing and peer-to-peer exchange between small and medium-scale farmers across Kenya. We feature contributions by farmers, budding farmers, agri-food experts, as we drive discussions on good agricultural practices, as well as business opportunities that are readily available for the youth. This podcast is made possible by the European Union Funded Market Access Upgrade Program, MACUP, which is implemented by United Nations Industrial Development Organization, UNIDO, and is produced right here at Semabox. Yeah, so as we start, please remember to like, share, and subscribe on all our platforms. Our handle is at MACUP Kenya on Twitter, Instagram, as well as Facebook. For more information about any of the topics we discuss, please find us at markupkenya.org. My good name is Jason. I am Sheila. And no matter who you are, you, you can farm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome. We are in Siaya County, one of the most beautiful places in this country. I think one of the things I'm enjoying so much about this is the more we travel the country, the more I realize what a beautiful country we have. Uh, and today I'm here with uh, a young farmer. I'll give him a chance to introduce himself um, and tell us exactly where we are. Hello. Morning. I'm Ivini. <laughs> Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Mm. I'm Claudio Chenowarinda from Sayre County, Rarieda Sub-County, East Assembo location, Katombo Village. Ah. This is where we are. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for taking time off your schedule to just sit down with us. Okay. Um, we just want to talk a bit about uh, growing groundnuts. Yeah. Maybe you can start by telling us your background. What inspired the decision to go into farming groundnuts? And, and how big is your piece of land? Uh, as I'm talking, mm-hmm. I started this 2013. Just uh, when I was from college. Okay. What uh, encourages me to join this, my grandmother was doing it. Mm. And we were selling it. And we are getting profit over it. Okay. So I was encouraged to start a small piece. I just asked my granddad, grandmom to give me just two, we call them blue bands. Yo kidogo kidogo. Oh, two mkebes. Two mkebes. Okay. Nika jaribu na kwa shamba yako. Yeah, pia na jaribu yake. Okay. Pada ya iyo, yo niliamua. Kupata production, nikauza, nikapata gunia mbili. From two mkebes? Two mkebes. Okay. Oh, wow. That's the starting point of enjoying this thing. After that, now I keep on planting this every mm. season. And I buy cuckoo. I just, I will call it as a, as now, as per now, I may say I diversify. Yeah. Not that I concentrate in uh, groundnut only. Okay. The profit from groundnut I was going to give. Where I buy goats mm. and my sheep. At the same time, if I get less profit, I might after after buying goats and the sheep, yeah. I just buy the cuckoo, small small cuckoo, I think, to, at one fifty, one fifty. Ah. Uh, and what varieties are you growing, and and on how big the uh, land that you're using? As per now, mm-hmm. my grandi is old, and she has now gone, and okay. I remain with the land. Okay. I have around uh, five acres. Five acres. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And what varieties are you growing of groundnut? I'm doing two varieties. Okay. We have this one. This one in Kijalo, we call it Hela, the white Hela. 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 Is it because it has a lot more money? Ama? No. Yeah. 
this is a name originated from my grandma. I didn't okay. know why it was originated from. So that's but a the co-activity, uh, it's just a traditional name. Okay. And uh, in terms of production, it's promising. That's why I, I think they named it Hela. Ah. Whether more groundnut is failing or not, if you plant this, at least you can get something compared to the bigger ah, groundnut. Right. Okay. Yeah. Tell us, take us through the process of growing groundnuts from plant uh, preparation right through to harvest. Okay, for you to prepare early to get good product, uh, like I may say, we have two seasons. Okay. The first season is uh, from March to April. Mm-hmm. That's the first season. Second season started from early, this is September, Yeah. to December. Okay. So for you to get a good produce from groundnut, you have to plant early. Don't wait for the season to come up. Okay. The first rain, like, like me say, the short rain, the first the first rain from August, you're supposed to prepare, you've prepared your land. The second rain at the end of the August, mm. already you've planted that one called groundnut. Okay. So that it, we may say if the rain started falling, it contained, it enjoy all the rains which are there mm. until the season. And um, um, what's the process of after harvesting? Uh, post harvesting handling. Mm-hmm. Uh, after harvesting, we dried it up. Okay, how do you dry it? We just what I did because we are still using the local materials. Mm-hmm. I just dried it through the sand. Yeah, I just hung outside. them there uh, outside, okay. and the mini sun okay. dried it them for me. Okay, at least three to four, or just one week. My quad dried after harvesting ah. then you store them in the house okay yeah um we've had a thing about aflatoxin yeah and i know that uh, groundnuts are one of those crops that are heavily affected by aflatoxin yes as a as a local farmer how are you able to avoid um um aflatoxin uh, that is very key and keen activity which you're supposed to look at okay even if you store your groundnut for future use before checking that it's dried up, it will even ruin your reproduce. So what you do first, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that the grain itself might it may quite dried. Ata ukifanya cups like this, unapata ina kuna vile ina kelele kelele kondani. Na ukitoa hivi, ukikula, just to measure like this. Kutafikia tu imekauka. Kabisa, kabisa, kabisa. Okay, so the, the soggy nuts usually are not nice. Yeah. The ones that taste almost soggy. I don't know if that's... No, there's a milky thing. Mm. If you see milky in the nini, ukikula, ukiona milky kosana ndani, unajua ijakauka sana. Oh, okay. Unaweka tena, alafu inakaushwa tena. Kwajua. Okay. Mm. Um, you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And uh, it's something I can see that you're very passionate about. Yeah. What advice would you give any other young farmers, like say in, in Assembo or in Siaya County, um, about um, what advice would you give somebody who's trying to get into the ground nut business? What I can say or advice I can give young people around. First, if you have identified, you have identified something which mm. is good that can help you, mm-hmm. you have what we call passion and interest. Mm. Nothing come out of uh, passion or yeah. interest. Yeah. May I have passion of this okay. by getting profit out of this thing? So what we do we have to keep time on planting. Yeah. At the same time, it is labor intensive, mm. but you have to persevere. Sometimes you get into yourself to do it. Don't just put it for labor. You won't enjoy it. Yeah. 
we'll just see it is just incentive and we want to get something out of it. Are you doing any value addition? Or are you just selling the groundnuts as the nuts as they are? Uh, I sell groundnuts as nuts, mm-hmm. but I'm doing also, I do validate. that. As I say, I want, uh, I change them to peanut butter. I oh, sell in okay. terms of containers. There is an organization around our area. Okay. Kolo, they are doing this. They are doing grinding for us, those ones. Oh, so I put into, into peanut, butter. peanut butter. Okay. And I sell. Yeah. Ah. So, Claudio, as we were taking a tour of your farm, yeah. you happened to mention that you also are an aggregator. Yeah. That you get to pick um, groundnuts from other farmers. Maybe you could tell us a bit more about that, how it is being an aggregator, um, what you look for, ukitakaku partner na other farmers. Maybe you could take us through that. Okay, what uh, drive me to that to be an aggregator mm. is that uh, I was producing groundnut, but was not enough to satisfy my, was not enough to satisfy my customers. Mm. It forces me now to walk around to call my people who are doing small scale, so that I may buy from them and put together and sell to my people, mm. those who want groundnut. Mm. So first, for me to buy from you, I have to identify which variety you have. And which variety is in, is in demand in the market. Yeah. That's why I just go and do the selection and buy from those people. Now farmers around know that I'm taking groundnut. Mm. When somebody have groundnut, they just call me, do you want groundnut? I just say no, I want. Or I'm still not having customers. Mm. You have to wait a bit. Sometimes they need cash. Maybe I don't have cash, but I'm waiting for cash, for invoice to be paid. I just tell, just sell me. After payment, I give you those things. Mm. Yeah, that's how I work with those farmers around. When, when we were discussing how long the nuts take to grow, mm-hmm. the ground nuts, most of them we saw the turnaround is about three months. Three months. Yeah, and we agreed that that's very labor intensive. So yeah. I just wanted to know, do you have any technology to make things easier for you? Okay, no, as per now, we've not started because it's something growing, it's new. Mm. And we are just adapting it. So what is happening? The, the only thing I can say, mm. uh, it forces me now to get on a business of uh, raw, like as in, I just uh, sell them when they are still raw, as in, ometolewa ijakaushwa na uza saiyo kuna wengine wanakuja kuchukua, wanachukua naenda kuchoma, ama wanenda kuboil. So they come and buy gorogoro at one hundred shillings. So that one helped me to pay the fee for the laborers. Mm. That's what they tell me. That's what I can say as for now, what is helping us. Lakini hata wa laborers ni kwa mkono, hakuna mashini. Hakuna mashini, wanabado wanatumia kwa mkono. And when they are doing that, uh, they are charging me a jerry can of 20 liters at uh, 50 bob. If somebody filled that one, I pay 50 bob, I pay 50 bob. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So if I sell... Uh, Goro, one gorogoro of uh, a measure tin, one uh, two kg, I sell at around uh, one hundred shillings for those who are coming to boil at when they are raw. Mm. So I assume it's not a bit expensive when I compare to sell at a row. And I'm now changing not to dry to dry the groundnut because I've identified that when I sell them when they are raw, mm. there's something I'm getting because I sell even those the one for sorting. Eh? There are small pieces for sorting when you want to sell them when they are dried. So the, those guys take them all. It's, uh, in terms of business, I enjoy it because I'm not going to be remaining the waste. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wanted to know, especially in your area where you're from here in Siaya, mm. are there a lot of women and young people going into groundnut farming? Okay. Uh, quite a number of young people 
have identified. Now when you do something, people copy paste. Mm. They are now identified that this thing can take us quite a number now trying mm. bit by bit. But I may say those who are involved in full are women. Are they women. are doing they are doing in large numbers. Mm. Yeah, women around. But just now they have adopted the technology, they have adopted the nini. Uh, they have interest in planting groundnut compared to other varieties now. Uh, as we finish, Claudio, there's a question we ask all our guests. Mm. If I was to give you one million dollars, you're only about maybe a hundred and twenty something million in Kenya. Mm. In your groundnut business, like how would you invest that money in your groundnut business? Oh, for me to invest or to maintain that one, that, let me talk over hundred dollars. Uh-uh. One million. One, one million. million. Only one M. Yeah. Oh, first thing, I'll fight to get what we call these machines for maintaining and doing what? Let value editing my product. Mm. First, I'll go to the CAPS guys to give me the CAPS certificates. Second one, what I'll do, I'll buy machines which may help me to produce my own peanut butter. Next, I'll build a house or a store where I can put those my, after what, peanut butters, production, brand, then I'll buy my van or I buy my picky picky. Mm-hmm. I walk around as I sell my product myself and I create employment for other youth. When I buy, after doing marketing with that money, mm-hmm. I employ youths. I do marketing, I employ others to be in the store. Mm. Others may go around, as I do for another market. After operating another market, I go to another market, and I get all of this. Not only that, I can stay in this area. If this is a guy or a guy have produced this, they have known the brand, and the brand is good for mm. marketing and everything. I maintain my business. Nairobi. So long as I have the manpower, yeah. I can go where, wherever. In marketing, you don't wait for anybody. Mm. You, look for, you look for that guy who can buy your product. Yeah. By that one mill, I may say the one mill is also less because my plan will I'll create employment, <laughs> the production also will be high, and the aggregation center will, I'll just have, I'll just have to add, I'll go for another loan to that. <laughs> Again is Dr. Lusike Wasilwa from Calro, who has a lot of experience with nuts and also in the local international export market for this commodity. Hi. So um, <laughs> it's quite obvious that uh, COVID uh, brought a lot of disruptions. But in the same breath, it also brought a lot, lot of opportunities. Now, being the positive people that we are, I would like us to focus on opportunities in terms of agribusiness. Um, in the sense of future of food, looking maybe into the next 10, 15, 20 years, what opportunities do you think have been brought around by um, the pandemic and, and what it looks like, what the future of food looks like moving forward? Actually, what COVID has done, it has moved us into the area of packaging food. You know, you don't want to go to a, a shop and then you don't know who touched your food last. Mm. So, but if there's a package, 
you can wash the top and then get your food from inside. So packaging, this is what COVID has done. And, you know, um, COVID just came after we banned plastics. So with that, Kenyans had to be innovative. But now with COVID, because it's not a joke, you get one of those spores, those virus spores, you don't even know what will happen to you. So the issue of packaging. The other thing um, COVID did in terms of for the future of food, we never used to eat fruits. We didn't. If you'd ask many Kenyans when they bought a fruit last, they didn't. But now all of a sudden you're being told vitamin C, vitamin C. You start looking for the tablets, they've all been sold out. Mm. But you know it's in the fruit. So people started now eating fruits. So one of the most popular fruits is banana. Because banana is the only fruit you don't need water. You just peel and eat what is inside. But it's also very nutritious in terms of vitamins. But now with the future of food is the the consumption of more fruits. So if you go to these um, juice bars like zucchini, I love going to zucchini, so I'll popularize them. Mm-hmm. You know, they've made for you the juice. You, I used to see them, those five different juices, the one if you want to go and shit or whatever, the one that does all these yeah. other things for you. <laughs> They're all, the, you know, the green one and whatever. Yeah. And you, you'd see them, uh, uh, me, I'm just, just do for me my sugarcane juice. That is the one. And have you seen that? You'd be some sugarcane juice. You get sugarcane juice, so you get your sugar. Then you get your 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 lime. Oh, that thing just and ginger. It. And ginger just takes it all the way home. That is my biggest addiction. You and then you know it's nutritious. Yeah. But you know some people used to take that, but now you go to this shop, it's now no longer a joke. It's people taking it for the sake of health. Mm. It's not just to take it because it tastes nice. For mm. the sake of health. And like for me, when I go there, I tell them mini weke yangu double. So put double the lime, <laughs> double the, the, the ginger. So when you take a sip, it's like you're taking Johnny Walker. Yeah, double. <laughs> <Not you're>, <laughs> you cough, 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 and you say, wow, what is that? So, so, so what this thing, this, this, this uh, COVID has done is it's, it has now made us see that uh, we can eat, there's more higher consumption of fruits. You know, people never used to buy lemons. All of a sudden, they're buying lemons, Okay. But some of us are very lazy, many of us. So if you can have that lemon in juice form, that's even better. Mm. Even things like oranges, funnily enough, it's like the orange tree, something told it overproduced. So there's been an overproduction of oranges and people are really eating them. And then now the value addition, it has really given opportunity. You go to these shops, you see funny juices packaged in funny bottles, all made in Kenya. That is something. So these are new products that were not there. They were not there. They say coming out sometime mid last year. So all of these new products, all packaged, eh? things that nobody was eating. So you can imagine they were just rotting. They're always being produced, but they, they were just rotting, you know. And now even uh, um, in terms of uh, vegetables, um, you know, people would, you know, as you're, we we change to middle income, so people are eating more meat, more chicken. Okay, now we've, re, we, we've gone backwards. Now you're finding people eating things like beans and like beans. Beans, the consumption has really gone up, particularly when men realize that there's a high amount of zinc and, and iron. And you know, zinc is good for libido. <laughs> so you find men are really eating beans because it helps them perform proper. proper. <laughs> so, so. Speaking of which, producers, if you're asking us what you're having for lunch today... Anything that comes with beans is good yeah, for me. Yeah. Can you so imagine 
Before we used to just eat, eh? before yeah. COVID, we were just eating. eating. Now, when you eat, you actually look at your food and wonder, how is it food helping me in terms of health? People have changed. It's not just eating. So, okay, now it's like how nutrition-wise. The only other thing, conversation that I wish Kenyans would start asking themselves is that, is this food safe in terms of pesticides? Mm. You know, that kind of thing. You know, what is it that we're eating? So COVID, what it has done um, is, this is where, we, you know, if the youth were empowered, this what is this youth fund that is where I hear youth get money? I've never met any, but I hear Weso they get. Weso fund. fund, that yeah. one. Yeah. In fact, they should have a Weso fund and then give the youth particular products, not just being given money. Is it 50000 or something like that? Mm. And then you, no, no, no. They'll tell them, you get this money and this is what we need. For example, why are we always drinking? Okay, treetop finally came back. I was so excited. We used to drink treetop when we were kids. But, but there, was a, there was an apricot flavor. They refused to bring that one. And we're so pissed off. Where is that apricot flavored of the treetop? That, that thing was just sugar and some juice and something. Now, what we're asking, now that COVID is here and it's not going anywhere, every day there's a new variant. Can we get youth with the weather fund? Give us juice frozen in a paper. This is in the US. Then they have the aluminum top. It's frozen. See, now we have electricity everywhere. So when I want juice, I just pop open this thing. The block falls into a jug. I add my three to four cups of water and drink fresh juice, no preservatives. That's what we want the juice to the, the, the youth to do. Give us juice, give us fruit salads ready to eat. See, now you, you're looking at these fruit bars and they have all these beautiful colored things, avocado and all of that. Avocado consumption has really gone up. Mm. So how do the youth come in and um, uh, just beyond having lunch, can I have that avocado already peeled, ready for me to eat with my food? I don't have to go peel in and then that big seed comes out ready without putting funny preservatives, something fresh. So these are things that you order and it's made for you and brought to your house. Because of COVID, there's a lot of food being delivered to the homes. But this can also happen in rural areas and the youth can come in. So COVID, what it, it did, it stopped us touching, touching and fingering fruit in <laughs> to see which one is ready. It allowed us to distance ourselves from food because of packaging. It gave more opportunities for youth to come in if only they had enough capital to be able to take this on. And I'm just wishing that President Uhuru Kenyatta really asks where does this always of fund goes. And then we have every year specific calls. This year, it will be how do you best package vegetables. The next year is how do you best package fruit. Next year is how do you best package things that are warm, that will just be heated and eaten. And the youth can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that way you're creating jobs. So you have specific, don't just give people youth and then they look at the money, they divide it, the money finishes and then nothing comes out. And that, that's what's happened because how many positive stories have you read of these children or the youth who have gotten a of fund and that they've done anything? Nothing. And then you need to come. Yes, you have given the money to the youth, but they need a mentor. Yeah. Somebody who has been down that road, who just comes and mentors. And even you appreciate the mentors, give them an incentive why they should help mentoring these youth so that even them, they're benefiting, but they're benefiting the youth. So that way you're helping. And then you, you put for mentors a certain age, eh? so you don't have 
young people, mentoring now the, the youth to really now make a difference. So we, we need to take advantage of this COVID because now with COVID, your farmers growing ginger, farmers growing garlic, farmers growing sugarcane. Hey, that one has really gone up. <laughs> As for the honey producers, whoa, when they come and tell you 800 per kilo, you just say, give me 10 kilos. Eh? People never bought honey. It's true. Eh? People didn't buy. Me, me, I started getting finally uh, sick over two years ago. So I began to take that dawa. So it, it, the dawa just weaseled on into the COVID. But now I'll ask what my brother asked. Where is the patented dawa? Okay, yeah, we have stony, the cassava stony, eh? Mm. But stony is stony with all that gas inside for coke. It's okay. It's my favorite one. Where is the dawa? Eh? Do I have to always just go to Java to eat for dawa, to drink it? Eh? Where is the one that is packaged? You just go to anywhere in, in the Kikomba or Shagu. Mm. You just pass these uh, stands of coke and dawa is there, you buy and drink. You know, nowadays people are going to that, all yeah. hostels. People nowadays, every time you go to a hotel, people ask, I, I, what are the drinks, Coke, Fanta, whatever. Then they say, Mugwana Dao. Yeah. It's true. Kenya, why are we not patenting Dao? This is an opportunity. Me, I don't understand why we've left that one pass. I don't understand up mm. to now. Me, my brother was asking, ah, whatever. There was a the time I sent to the farm the sugarcane juice, and then actually I'd... I'd, I'd taking it to go and drink myself. You know, for me, that's like my beer. So then I forgot. So my brother asked, what is this thing? Then he's shaking, shaking. He took a bit. The guy went and hid somewhere. He drank the whole thing. <laughs> and I'm asking, where's my sugar cane juice? He said, that was yours? How come there was only one bottle? I said, you know, you're crazy. Can you imagine not having this sugar cane juice? You freeze it. Then you thaw and drink. Guys, we have so many opportunities. We're not taking advantage. Growing up, when we'd go to Stanley Hotel, when you have reached there, you must order for passion fruit juice. How many of you order for passion fruit juice? We were producing so much passion fruit. Yeah. What happened? We yeah? lost the passion. <laughs> yeah. So let's not one day you guys get older to yeah. my age, then you start saying, what happened to the sugarcane juice? Mm. No. No, no, no. How come in Kenya up to now, knowing that we're drinking passion fruit juice, we don't have the passion fruit in ready-to-drink bottles? In Brazil, I saw this. They make fresh juice. It can only stay in that bottle for 10 days. But usually it's been bought and drunk. Why is it that we don't do that in Kenya? No additives. They just refrigerate and you can see. And they're so colorful that you can't pass. You just say, hook me up and you drink. Why are we not doing that as Kenya? And now with COVID, the more colorful the juices, the better. Why are we not doing that? Hmm? Future of food will be the berries. You know those black berries you, that have the thorns? They're so nutritious. The future uh, food groups are pomegranate. They grow in Kenya from the coast to the slopes of Mount Kenya. You buy two fruits of pomegranate is 1,200. Yet these things, after a year and a half, they are bearing. Big things. You can grow. You don't even have to embarrass that tree. You just get the fruit. Then you take your pomegranate, you have planted your berries, uh, and then you have your gooseberries, you have your guava, you mix it up. Juice, super juice. Mm. Cancer out the door. If you've ever seen somebody with cancer, it's the most disgusting. But imagine if you're predisposed to cancer, but now you're taking these healthy juices. 
you might live your whole life with no cancer, yet maybe you are supposed to have died at the age of 30. Just because you're growing these crops, that's what we're advocating for Calro. These trees that you can plant in a small, you know our houses are so small, or on the sidewalk, and then you're able to harvest the, the fruits and make juice or even just eat them daily. Yeah. So that any time of the year you're eating some kind of a fruit, then you, you're, it's really helping you be healthy. Like pomegranate, in the Bible is written, ordain your, uh, your robe with the fruit of a pomegranate. Why would, that, why would God say that? Why would they put the fruit of pomegranate on those robes for the priests? So that every time people see, they see the fruit, then they remember they need to go and eat it. Then you go read about pomegranate anti-cancer, anti and then all the things pomegranate does. And you find a lot of them being planted in these dry areas. But what just shocked me in Kenya is that I saw that fruit being planted in the coast and I saw it being planted on the slopes of Mount Kenya and Mount Elgon. That's what COVID did. It has made us change what we eat. We're now eating more Healthy. vegetable things, mm. more beans, more vegetables, more fruit. We're reducing on a lot on the carbohydrates. That's what this thing has done. I wanted us to talk about traceability mm. um, in relation to the future of food. And earlier on when we spoke about academia, you talked about, um, you know, farmers should have like smart cards so that they can able to trace the mm. produce. So what do you think can be done or what tech can be applied in terms of the future of food? For traceability? Yes. Yeah. In terms of traceability, um, if the county governments, now that agriculture has been devolved, have aggregation centers in place, okay? Nowadays, we have these motorbikes that have carts at the back, eh? Those are things for youth. An old man cannot be seen on such a thing. So that is a transportation tool that was made for the youth. Then we have aggregation sites. So now with our phones that have uh, GPS, GIS, whatever's, the youth should be able to move the produce from the farm to the aggregation site. And whatever batch they're moving should be clearly labeled. Because now in Kenya, we even have those nice crates, the post-harvest crates that are stackable. So when you have your produce inside, you don't smash it. When you are done, you can place them together and they slide within each other. So you ensure quality. And then now that like now, even now, we're already doing that now. When it comes to bananas, you find the owner of the banana, the name initials have been um, cut into the bananas or written on the bananas. Oh. So there's some kind of traceability. But we now need to do traceability for every tomato, for every orange, for every, because now those will be batches. That way, when we bring in traceability, a farmer says, what is good for them when somebody knows that it came from their farm? Quality. That way, when these things are being tested, so at the aggregation center, should not just be aggregation for accumulating all this produce together. There should be now work for the youth at the aggregation. There's a youth there just testing quality. Those ones that have put too many pesticides and stuff like that, in terms of even the quality of the fruit, that information is being collected. So that way we have produce that has been harvested well, transported well, so there's minimal losses along the value chain. Because for like banana, you can lose up to 75%. Or for mangoes, up to 60%. Post-harvest losses. Imagine. Mm. Eh? So imagine we do this. Then the farmer will know that if I harvest properly, 
I know this youth who picks, package them well, they go to the aggregation site. I've grown them well, they've checked. I don't have overuse of pesticides. It helps for Kenyans getting quality food that is not full of pesticides. It helps in marketing. Why are Kenyans so obsessed with growing vegetables and fruit with low pesticide use or following the good agriculture practices for export? And that's just 4 to 5%. But what we eat here, 95%, nobody knows where that thing was produced and where it fell through. Mm. That is wrong. Then you're wondering why cancer is increasing in Kenya. Eh? Yet you ate healthily. But you're just eating pesticides. So with traceability, it will be in terms of ensuring product quality, ensuring use, proper use of pesticides. Proper, if they have to be used. Proper. So that when you use them, you harvest at the right time. Mm. You don't spray and harvest the same day. No. And then give credit to those that have followed the good agriculture practices mm. so that you are having good food that is safe. We reduce this pesticide uh, footprint or fingerprint in the value chain. That is why we want to really adhere to traceability. Once we do that, to convert a farmer to reach the level for export, it's not much work. Yeah. Because you've been doing that all the time, just a little bit. Um, I wanted to know about your view on superfoods. Is that something we should consider for the future of food, especially for Kenyan youth? Is it something they should start exploring? Oh, superfoods, that's the way to go. It's all about superfoods, and superfoods are many. For example, um, 2013, was uh, uh, the year for quinoa. Quinoa is just a grain. Mm. Um, we have them sold here in the shops. Half a kilogram is 1,400. So yeah. Yet quinoa grows here. It's just the same family as the amaranth. You know, it's so nutritious. You can cook it sweet, you can cook it sour, you can cook it salty, and it doesn't affect your food. It just increases the nutrition. Um, you get now uh, superfoods are like uh, teff mm. grown by the Ethiopians. But you look at production of teff, it's major in, 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 in the U.S. because it's low in gluten. So you eat teff, you know, going to keep nona nona in. You know, if you just go and sit on the streets of Nairobi, you'll see the number of obese people. Now, when you're looking at me, you think I'm a little bit chunky. <laughs> I've lost almost half my weight, man. Just looking at what I'm eating. I'm not eating less. I'm just eating foods that are not this gluten, whatever. Mm. I've reduced the the whatever, the 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 low gluten food. Mm. And actually, I didn't even know I was doing that. Me, I just thought I was eating healthily until one day, my trousers almost fell down. <laughs> what is happening? So I'm not clicking. Then, and then I noticed that I'm holding my trousers, all of them. What is then people, you know, people have not seen because of working from home. Yeah. What happened to you? I said, hey, I changed what I was eating. So superfoods are all these uh, uh, fruits. You make these juices, you drink them. These vegetables. Superfoods are beans. They're high in zinc, high in iron. Uh, maize, we keep eating white maize, maize flour. Equate white. Who Bleached. says white? Why are we not eating the yellow maize? Or when you go to rural areas, you find uh, uh, blue maize, uh, uh, bl black maize, red maize that are high in provitamin A. Very nutritious. Why somebody told Kenyans, Ugali has to be white, 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 white. Why? Okay, 
we don't eat ugali alone. We eat ugali with something else. Mm. But still, the ugali is the big part of the plate. So if that ugali had a high level of vitamin A, it will help you. So f- superfoods are the nuts, you know, the, the ground nuts, cashew nuts, coconuts, cocoa, chocolate. Very good f- in terms of health. So for the youth and even for us now, we'll have to now start looking at what exactly are you eating? When you're eating this, what is the issue of fiber? You, you're getting a lot of issues of uh, colon cancer. Because as much as Kenyans like eating Ugali and Sukumawiki, Sukumawiki doesn't have as much fiber as if you eat African indigenous vegetables, you know? So based on our experience uh, in the journey that we've been walking for this podcast, I've come to realize um, that actually uh, we have a very good science community in, in Kenya, like researchers, there's a lot of research uh, work going. Um, there's a lot of research into like seed varieties and also like also what you're doing, breeding. Um, tell us a little bit about that, where you think Kenya stands in terms of as far as science of food. Is. Yeah, um, Kenya has, it has done quite well in terms of agriculture and the researchers. We have all these agricultural colleges. Uh, we have CALRO that is now the largest research organization in Africa. Every day new technologies are coming out, but are they with the farmer? That is the question. So whether they are seed varieties and whatever, do they get to the farmer? We do research, and most of our research is donor-funded. Very sad. But that's a fact. If um, funding for maize research, only 2 to 3% comes from the government of Kenya, and maize is what we call food. So you can imagine. So when we develop, um, like Calro has developed 155 maize varieties, 155, but we're just growing one, hybrid 614. What happened to the others? We've developed them, but there's no money to promote or market them. So farmers are not even aware they exist. I just found out that we had 155 maize varieties in 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 2017 imagine i was shocked why do we keep on developing you know because and you know these ones have been developed because they have a better attribute they have a tolerance to a certain pest a tolerance to a certain disease like now when we had the fall armyworm coming so we have fall armyworm tolerant maize varieties we have this uh, uh striga uh, kayongo as the Luos call it that is really a problem Problem on maize. Now we do have uh, maize varieties, GAFO, KSTP84, that are tolerant to striga, but we also have a biological control called Kichawi Kill or Foxy T14. You grow it with the maize, you never see striga. We have fantastic technologies, but how many farmers know we have those? You go to those sides of Nyanza, some places in Western, the maize are just not growing. Striga has finished them. Mm-hmm. We're developing these varieties. There was, a, there was this disease that came in, maize lethal necrosis disease, uh, and we have this tolerant variety. So that's why you see the numbers keep going up. So we actually developed, there's actually a product for the farmer, but we can't get to the farmer because where is the money to advertise and market? We don't have it. So we get them, they sit on the shelf, nobody even knows they're there. But now we say, ah, there's no excuse. The internet is there. Yeah. So now we're putting all the photographs and hopefully in a year or so, you'll find all those things up online. The diversity of, 
oranges, when I tell uh, citrus, when I tell people we have 82 different citrus types in Kenya, yet you only know Washington now. Now these people are talking about pixie. pixie. Now you hear minola orange, then there are lemons and limes. <laughs> Those are five, <laughs> minus 82. We have 210 banana varieties in Kenya. We are the gene bank for East and Central Africa. Do you know that? So when it comes to varieties, we have a lot, even these sorghums and whatever. Mm -hmm. But the biggest problem was how to market them. So I, I, I asked my scientist the other day, the internet is there. You know, let me tell you, I saw a friend of mine mm. post something on Twitter, which I think is so true. Caroline Spencer, she said uh -huh. um, about the fertility thing. She said, if you want to sell fruits and vegetables in Kenya, in Kenya. tell people it will help them with their libido. libido. <laughs> Actually, that's true, because even now I'm going to be looking for pumpkin seeds. For... You know what Dr. said? Zinc, nini. Do you know how much they are, though, right now at the supermarket? I'll grow them. Now that I'm uh, here <laughs> okay. doing okay, Mazao Talks. Okay, farmer. <laughs> okay, and that's it for this week. We just want to give a special thanks to our partners. Uh, I would like to thank Unido. I'd like to thank um, the EU-supported markup program for making this possible. This podcast has been made right here at Semabox. Please like, share, and subscribe. For more information about any of the topics we discuss, please find us at markupkenya.org. Connect with us on our socials. We are at Markup Kenya. That's on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also like our Facebook page, which is just Markup Kenya. Please feel free to check out the program website on markupkenya.org. Remember, you can find all these links and handles in the episode notes in the description section. Wishing you a great week ahead. And remember, no matter who you are, you, you can, can farm. farm.